0: Are you ready to uplevel your performance, become a better sales coach, and grow revenue? Are you ready to be ready? Then ready, set, sell.
1: I'm Hannah, a B2B sales enthusiast and sales consultant, advocating for sales to be a
0: little more human. And I'm Tony from MindTickle, where I'm a sales leader and coach.
1: And you're listening to Ready, Set, Sell, a podcast dedicated to helping revenue and sales professionals like you adopt a sales readiness approach to ensure your team is always ready to win.
0: In each episode, we share smart insights, tangible advice, and actionable tips that can be applied directly to the work you do every day to drive organizational growth.
1: Let's dive into the episode.
0: The evolution of AI is having a massive ripple effect across all industries, and the sales world is no exception.
1: In fact, Gartner predicts that 75% of B2B organizations will be using AI-based selling solutions by 2025.
0: So what does this mean for you and your team? In this episode, we'll be exploring tips and tricks for leveling up your sales game, strategies for staying fresh and innovative, and how to keep rolling with the punches as the digital world evolves.
1: Yep. And to help us unpack this topic, we'll be sitting down with President and Chief Operating Officer at Qualified, Eric Sekola.
0: Eric had some fascinating insights and advice to share, so get ready to open your mind to the endless possibilities for taking advantage of exciting new innovations in the sales world while maintaining the human element along the way.
1: Hey, Eric, really, really excited to have you on a podcast today. How are you feeling?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm awesome. Thank you. I'm always awesome, to be honest.
0: She is. She is. <laughs>
1: So what I wanted to do is just get started by giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself. um, Tell us a little bit about your background, your current role,
2: and of course qualified. Thank you again for having me on the podcast. Listen, I've been in enterprise software and SaaS for almost 25 years now. I've got some gray hairs to, to prove it. The first half of my career was spent in sales and sales leadership at companies like Forte Software, Web Methods, Mercury Interactive, had the luxury of working under some amazing managers, mentors, the first part of my career. Uh, then in 2008, I founded a company called Expense Cloud. Uh, it was an expense management company, and I successfully sold that to Trinet in 2012, where I stayed on through their IPO and, and ran their, their cloud division. From there, I was an executive at a company called Acquia, the company behind Drupal. Uh, as their SVP of corporate development, uh, was responsible for all of their inorganic growth, their business development, and their strategy. In 2019, my team led and integrated over $65 million uh, in acquisitions, and we successfully sold Acquia in November of 2019 to, to Vista Equity. And currently, I'm the president and COO of Qualified.com, and we're the pipeline generation platform for Salesforce. And I joined as employee 15. And what's really fun is I rejoined two of my colleagues, Sean Whiteley and Craig Swensrud, who we'd worked together 20 years ago in our our web methods days. So when I joined Qualified, I was the CRO and I got our sales engine going for the first 18 months. Then I was very fortunate to hand that over to Robert Zimmerman, who joined us from Twilio running their commercial division. And while you don't see the word revenue in my title anymore, uh, I promise that I'm, I'm always selling uh, with, our, with our team that's out there today.
1: Amazing. I, lo- I love that. I love that. You, you just can't lose the salesman in you, right?
0: <laughs>
2: <Nope>. Never,
0: never. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And Eric, again, Eric, thank you for being here today. And- you know, you started talking about Qualified and what you're doing right now. So what would you say your main focus is with the role? You mentioned revenue and such, but what would you say your main focus would be?
2: When I originally joined Qualified, I joined with the idea that I'd help get the sales engine going, as I mentioned. Uh, now in my, my new role, I'm really focused on all the operational aspects of the business from finance to, to ops to, to HR, but also heling, helping our, our sellers get out there and, and have the tools and the tech that they need to, to be successful.
1: So so I'm really curious to understand more about what initially brought you to Qualified.
2: Well, like I mentioned earlier, Craig and Sean were, were my pals 20 years ago. And when I was at Acquia, we, I, I did a lot of work around personalization and, and website engagement and saw the, the rise of conversational marketing and the power that it can bring to sellers. And so uh, in the summer of 2020, I was able to team back up with Sean and Craig and join the, the company that they had started back in August of 2018.
0: Well, Eric, from everything you've been mentioned earlier with your, the different stops that you've had, you've obviously had a very distinguished career. You had some great stops, some great exits. You know, you're back with your old colleagues, which I'm sure is a motivator, but is there anything else that really is motivating you in, sort of in your day-to-day? Like, is there anything you haven't done or, hey, I'd love if, if the company gets here or this is one thing I'd love to accomplish to kind of add to your 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 storied career here?
2: Tony, I mean, I view this word winning as the most important thing because it has a domino effect you know throughout the whole organization the products get more motivated when they see deals being closed so they get motivated to build more csms get motivated to make their customers more successful sellers thrive off their peers you know to be on that leaderboard when they hear about those closed deals being won and so it all is around winning. And I think re- winning has just such a tremendous thing to an organization and a culture. And that's the thing that I think about every day, the way that we're building qualified here.
0: Yeah, I think that's I mean, that's part of the DNA of, of your best, your best reps and your best uh, salespeople, right? They got to have that winning DNA or else they're just not going to succeed, especially in an ever evolving market, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I really love that idea of um, just having winning at the forefront of your mind, but more specifically around how that has a snowball effect on the rest of the business. Just kind of keeping in line with that thought, like, what do you love about the sales world in general?
2: I mean, first off, there's a different challenge that you're going to have in every sales cycle. Everyone's, every buyer is going to have different needs. They're going to look at ROI differently. And there's gonna be different problems that you need to solve. You've gotta be very transparent with your buyers. And what I love is if you can build those successful and long lasting relationships, you will have a customer that hopefully will come back and purchase from you multiple times, if not more in your career. I just think being a part of an overall sales team is pivotal. It's it's not a, a single person driving these deals. It's a team effort from products to success um to you know the 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 sales engineers and, and the management um that that go into helping uh put these deals together so I think when you put all that all in one, you know, it's just like really fun and you're never bored. It's it's selling is always going to be something new.
1: For you. I haven't quite been in sales for 25 years, but I, I, I'm touching about 14, 15 years and I can definitely agree, to, agree with that. It, it, it is fun and it's always a new challenge that comes ahead. Love that.
0: Well, I have been in sales for 25 years. <laughs> so I've got the gray hairs that uh, Eric was talking about earlier.
1: Tony, you talk a lot about relationships and cocktails, right? But like, what are your tips for forming trustworthy relationships in sales?
0: Well, usually I buy the cocktails, which is how I form that trust right away. But I think we've talked a little bit about being more human. And to me, that's the way I really build that level of trust is, you know, opening, opening yourself up, letting people know that you're a real person as opposed to just another sales rep who's trying to sell them something they may or may not need that's going to cost a lot of money you know if if you're able to go out and really show someone hey i i have i have all the same problems that you do i have the same challenges the same sorts of goals and you develop that empathetic level of trust it really helps build those long-lasting relationships where to the point where you know you're having conversations with people that have nothing to do with business and you have set up an hour call in the last 10 minutes, you finally get around to the things that are gonna relate to the deal. But that's okay because you're doing the things that are actually establishing that level of trust that are gonna get you where you need to be in the long run.
1: Oh, I love that. I love those calls. I had one of those calls earlier today, actually. And it was like, OK, this is about to roll into my next meeting, which happens on all of these virtual meetings nowadays. I think for me, it's it's a lot around humility. One thing, there's this horrible stigma attached to being a salesperson, which is, you know, you think you know it all. when you're coming in, he's going to try and sell me stuff I don't need. A bit like what you were touching on. But I, I feel like entering into a new relationship with a prospect and really just kind of being transparent and uh, humble around this I don't know everything <laughs> like I, I'm this is going to be a you know collaboration a partnership us working together to figure this out together I think when you you open up those doors you it invites a prospect in to be able to share ideas um that's kind of how I like to look at the engagements that I have I love Eric's perspective on sales as an ever evolving process that never gets stale or boring.
0: Totally agree. Uh, You know, it's always better for everyone within the organization to keep things fresh and innovative and never settle for second best.
1: There's also something to be said for viewing a career in sales as a marathon, not a sprint.
0: And even though I don't like to run, that is totally true. I have found that building those long lasting relationships have really been important to my career uh, over the years because those are people that once you establish those relationships, they'll be with you for whatever role or whatever company is that you might be within. And it's all based on trust and credibility that will take you very far in this business. So it helps you establish a solid reputation as a salesperson overall. So it couldn't be more important. <laughs>
1: Uh, You know me, Tony, I'm with you completely. Eric also mentioned that keeping a team-oriented mentality is essential in sales. It's never just one person driving all the sales within an organization. It's definitely a team effort, and it has to be bolstered by trust, positivity, and motivation, which you know that's me all over.
0: Next, let's hear more of what Eric had to say about his strategies for creating a greater impact in less time. I think we've all seen that the B2B sales journey has changed quite a bit, especially over the last couple of years. So, how have you seen it evolved, especially over the last two years in in particular?
2: Yeah, so as as we look around, it's clear that there's a seismic shift in the, the B2B buyer behavior. For starters, we've all become inside sellers. And the pandemic has proven to us that we can close both small and large deals all over Zoom. Um, There's a study out there from from McKinsey that says 70% of B2B decision makers say they're open to to making new and remote purchases in excess of $50,000. And 27% said that they would spend more than $500,000. So that just shows that we can close deals in this remote world. And also in this world of Zoom that we really still live in. I also think there's a trend that has three major revolutions occurring right now. One is the content revolution. Buyers are more educated and have more access to resources than ever before. Every digital marketing team can and should be a content powerhouse. They're doing this at a pace we've never seen, and we're doing the same thing here at Qualified. The second revolution is the privacy revolution. And what started with the Facebook scandal has really become one of the most important privacy conversations since the birth of the internet. And we believe buyers don't want to give up their, their personal information. And we've seen that in you know, form fills you know, being lowest ever in the history of, of marketing. And then lastly, there's a communication revolution going on where buyers expect one-click to voice chat and video just the same way they communicated with their internal teams and peers and bosses. Slack is the new email and Zoom is the new phone. So that's kind of how we've seen these trends emerge Um, and we're living in this digital first world right now.
1: Eric, you were touching on a couple of sort of overall B2B sales trends just now, and I completely agree with your remarks around content and also communication. But if we're thinking about Qualified, what role do you think AI and automation play in the sales world today?
2: Yeah, so from an AI perspective, um, we believe it's had a, a big effect on both revenue prediction, sales engagement, and the outreach that we do. I mean, there's a according to a sales hacker, 90% of leaders out there say that they're already using or planning to use AI for sales. So internally here at Qualified, we, we use sales engagement tools to translate sales data um, into intelligence. Um, we are doubling down on, on AI and leaning very heavily on our own buying intent product called Signals. It's all based on first-party intent to tell basically sellers, where to focus their day on. Where should they be prospecting? Um, who do they need to be talking to that's showing um, buying signals? And from a demand gen perspective, you know what audiences they should be targeting. We're also investing heavily in, in revenue intelligence products to improve our efficiency, predictability, and growth of the revenue. And, and lastly, sales engagement to, to onboard our reps at a faster clip, which is vital. We want our quota-carrying reps to be more productive faster, and AI can have a material effect in that.
0: It sounds like you guys have a very sophisticated tech stack that you guys have developed. And clearly you've done a lot of research into figuring out what the needs are that your team has. But you know, how do you guys keep up with the fast pace of digital innovation, especially in the B2B sales world, right? New products are coming out all the time, new innovations. So how do you, how do you keep yourselves you know, ahead of the curve?
2: From a sales perspective, we've obviously pivoted to remote selling. We're leveraging all the digital tools, uh, we possibly can. I mentioned using our own our own tools, qualified, but relying on Zoom, Slack, um, sales sales outreach type products. From a marketing perspective, you know, we've really pivoted to digital events, and we you know, we saw the rise of of Netflix and Disney Plus, and we also wanted to create our own content channel. So we've we've been leading. Really heavily on video, we launched Qualified Plus, which is the, the, you know, our keynotes, podcasts, virtual events, webinars. And you know, we're leveraging our website more than ever. We call it Qualified Unqualified. The website has become the new selling machine.
1: A company that drinks their own champagne, very, very rare. I tell you, uh, somebody that works as a consultant across many companies is it's really rare. But um, just thinking about some of those changes and how you have just accepted the remote selling world and just really taken advantage of the just digital selling. It's recognized in most research, right, that salespeople only get a real small fraction of time with buyers, probably about five to seven percent. Of the entire buying journey. So, like, how will your team like develop different strategies and plans to navigate this so they can have like a more impact in less time?
2: Yeah, the biggest trend that we've adopted is we believe there's a new um, pipeline generation mo- motion happening. Here at Qualified, we call it the pipeline cloud. It starts with us understanding buying intent signals, which is telling you what accounts are in market to buy and sales ready. And by understanding that, you can shape your go-to-market strategy and optimize your team's efforts on both outbound or the digital marketing that they're doing. So now that you know what accounts are demonstrating this high intent, um, you build a very targeted ad strategy. And again, this pipeline cloud isn't just for the marketing teams. The sales teams use it to understand the buying intent signals and use it for the outbound targeted emails that they're going after. And when somebody lands on the website, whether it's from an ad unit or an outbound motion, that's the magic moment. That's when you need to be ready to engage with that buyer on the website and have a personalized conversation. We call this here at qualified the one, two, three punch. And it converts 40% of the time to pipeline. What I mean by that is, you look at the signals of who is in market to buy, you outbound to them in a very targeted type of outreach. They come to the website, you catch them, you engage in a conversation, and you turn that into pipeline. And across all of our customers today that we have here at qualified that start a live chat with, with visitors. From an outbound motion, those visitors are about 900 times more likely to to engage in a conversation, which is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I mean those numbers are fantastic. I think if uh, if if most companies could get that, I think they'd be thrilled. Even even a fraction of that. So those uh, those are great numbers. So Eric, a, a quick question for you. So given that. You know, today, a lot of customers uh, are, are channel agnostic, right? According to a lot of studies, they're finding multiple different ways in which they're, they're being reached. So how do you think sales reps can really find alignment across all these different channels to streamline the process for buyers?
2: I think don't be, from a selling perspective, don't be shy of using every channel imaginable from LinkedIn to email to text to just networking the old-fashioned way. Obviously, your, your demand gen team is trying to drive these people to your website, these, uh, these target accounts for you. You have to be able to do the same thing from the channels that you have available to you, like, like LinkedIn.
1: So, Eric, you've you've mentioned a lot around if i if i like summarize some of the things that you were talking about a lot of it the undertone and the kind of theme i'm hearing is a lot of like kind of maximizing like touch points in the moment so like making sure that you can have the biggest impact when you do have that attention of a buyer and also maximizing and leveraging data like just like leveraging as much data as possible to understand uh, some of that revenue predictability now thinking about the technology that you have the technology that you're also building as well what benefits have you and your customers seen from all of these like, new innovations, particularly around AI and just the fact that you can capture much more data now? And would you say there's any downsides to some of the things that are out there?
2: I don't think there's any downside. I, I think you know just here at qualified, we we view ourselves as either the number one or number two pipeline generation for for our customers. and we, they've they've seen tremendous ROI today. You know example would be like a project forty four. Uh, $9 million in net new source pipeline in less than one year. Gamma, $17 million in net new pipeline sourced in the first year. Beyond our own product, um, I mean, we, we use Salesforce um, and we run all, our whole business on that. And so all the data that's in there drives a lot of the decisions that we make as a company from pricing to what ICP targets we want to be going after? Are we staying within our swim lane? Are our reps going outside of our ICP? And if so, why is that the case? And also just to kind of drive forecast and predictability of our business.
0: So it it sounds from everything you're saying is fantastic. And, you know, Qualified clearly has had some great success, a tremendous tech stack, some very sophisticated data-driven elements that you've brought to the table. You know, a lot of people say, well, at the end of the day, people sell, people buy from people, right? So when you combine all those things together, how can businesses maintain sort of that humanistic element while adopting all these great technologies that you're putting in front of them?
2: Well, AI can help. A seller's prediction, we, we still don't subscribe to the fact that it's going to replace selling. Bots can help qualify, but only humans can sell. And this is a, a fundamental foundation of, of our products that we have here at Qualified. You know, I would never want one of my targeted accounts talking to a bot. I would want to be talking to them, uh, me specifically. So we believe that if you're doing account based marketing, you want to prioritize your accounts in such a way that you understand who the VIPs are within your target accounts. And you want these prospects to be very well taken care of by the sales rep. And you know, there's a study out there from, from Server that 92% of people that visit a website aren't ready to buy. But at the same time, you have 10 seconds to capture someone's interest uh, according to Nelson Norman Group, when they land you know on a website, so that's that magic moment that you need to be there and and have that you know human humanistic element to to selling ready to to raise your hand saying, "You know hi, I'm your seller. how can i how can I help you today?
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to sites and either it's unclear what's happening or there's no interaction capabilities and You know, there's too much content out there. I'm just off to the next thing, right? So, if you don't incorporate those things into it, I think you're, you know, you're spot on with that.
1: So, Eric, what would you say is next for you and the qualified team?
2: So, here qualified, we're moving really fast, very agile development, dozens of products and features monthly to help. You know, at the end of the day, our customers grow pipeline faster. Just this last week, we introduced the Pipeline Cloud. You know, it's a revolutionary new set of technologies and processes that are guaranteed to generate more pipeline for the modern revenue teams. We believe Qualified Signals is bringing some amazing data to sellers to tell them where they should be focusing their day, to RevOps, knowing which accounts you know are coming and showing buying intent that may not be in Salesforce, or to a CRO to understand, why is my rep committing this deal because it's showing a very low buying intent score and giving that CRO the ability to understand what the digital uh, footprint has been for that actual buyer. Like they haven't come to the website over the last 45 days. They haven't visited our legal pages or our pricing pages. Could be a red flag for a CRO when a rep's committing a deal.
0: No, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, as a sales leader, you know, at MindTickle, we use Qualified, so I always love seeing the you know, the the integration come up on my screen, seeing someone that new is uh, is visiting the site. So that that's fantastic, and looking forward really to to getting all the new functionality that you're you're talking about uh, in, embedded into our platform. But uh, we're done with the main questions. I think what we're gonna do now is just kind of have a little bit of fun. We're gonna hit you with uh, just a few rapid fire questions for you to answer, you know, just real quick. First thing off the top of your head, but you know, have a little fun with it. There's no timer running or anything like that. But, uh, so uh, Hannah, why don't you kick it off?
1: Hmm, so really interesting one. What is your sales philosophy in just three words?
2: Trust, transparency, and no. No meaning, don't be afraid to say no in the deal negotiation. A lot of sales reps don't know how to say that word sometimes.
0: See, I thought you were going no K-N-O-W, but that's good. I like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what's the best piece of advice you've been given in your career?
2: Uh, In regards to selling, uh, people buy from people they trust. Uh, You might not have the best product, but if you gain your buyer's trust, um, you can win.
0: We've talked a lot about different technologies, but what would you say is your top productivity hack?
2: Listen, from a macro executive perspective, uh, I'll just share, don't be cheap and invest in, in sales tools like Navigator and you know order form generation tools and sales enablement and sales engagement. It's just gonna help your reps sell quicker and it is the best productivity hack.
0: I wish you could have shared that advice with some of my older colleagues, but that's fine.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, But just just on that. So helping helping salespeople, if you could share just one piece of advice to all sales professionals, what would it be?
2: Waiting is not a part of the sales process.
0: I have something similar. Time kills all deals, right? It's very similar, I think, as far as uh, the message there. Um, So where do you get your industry news?
2: I'm a Wall Street, CNBC, TechCrunch person for social. It's all LinkedIn, probably pretty boring. What are the
0: top three apps you could not live without?
2: Uh, I've mentioned a few, Salesforce and LinkedIn, but I would have to add Qualified. It's it's basically the reason why I was able to scale Qualified so quick, eating our own dog food and building pipeline quicker.
1: Are leaders made or born? Or, Oh, interesting. Um, so what would you say, um, which book has inspired you most in your career?
2: Uh, early in my career, it was The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Um, I'd say recently, though, I would really recommend The Transparency Sale by uh, Top Capone. Uh, it goes you know, with my selling philosophy around uh, trust being so important.
0: Awesome. Now for our last question, you brought up Netflix and Disney Plus earlier. I'm actually a movie guy, so we have to end it with a movie related question. So the question is, would you use Sell Me This Pen or Always Be Closing?
2: A, B, C, Always Be Closing.
0: (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Eric, well, thank you so much. We appreciate you being on here with us today. We learned a lot, fantastic information. All the best of luck to you and the team at Qualified. And uh, thanks again for being on.
2: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: So, Hannah, Eric stressed that you need to reach out to a prospect at the right time. But what happens if you reach out too early or maybe even too late?
1: See, I... I get it. I get what this refers to, right? It's you want you want to reach out to prospects when they're in the moment, they're 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 actually they're in the moment, like they're on your site or they they're engaging with your business where their brain is in the space of I wanna learn more, or, I wanna find out more, or I wanna to speak to somebody. So I, I get that and I, I agree. You do need to try and Take advantage of that moment where you have somebody's attention, because this we are fighting for people's attention right now. And it can be as simple as you didn't respond in those 10 minutes. It's like, oh, I'm going elsewhere to to the other 25 other options. But when it comes to like some of the things you mentioned, Tony, about building relationships with people, I don't think there's ever a too early or a too late, because if you're trying to establish relationships with people who do transition in and out of businesses, and at the moment it's at an accelerated rate because, hey, it's a candidate marketplace and you can kind of go where you want at the moment, then you, you want to be forming relationships with people and trying to start conversations you want to start to generate interest or at least uncover some of their motivations behind what gets them to take action either inside that organization or in you know uh, movement towards their own personal goals and when you focus on that driving conversations, building relationships. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter if it's at the start of a sales engagement. Hey, there's going to be another one. Maybe this particular thing down the line, you influence their their renewal or something like that. But I think sometimes we go into reaching out and we make a connection with someone and they're like, oh, we've just finished the RFP process. We're like, oh, okay, I'll call you back in one year. It's like, no, this is fine. Okay, let me spend some time unpacking exactly Why you even, you know, what drove your business to start to look at this? Because this is a lengthy process, engaging in in this kind of review of these types of solutions, whatever it is that your company does. And I feel like salespeople, because we have this mentality around, I need to get in right at the beginning to influence the process or or that's it. I'm just going to try again in six months or a year. But if we think about starting conversations and building relationships to your points, Tony, that you make, then there's never going to be a wrong time it's always gonna be the right time.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree because, and I think it's really interesting because how many times have salespeople had conversations with people, and it's very cyclical, right? You talk to someone for the first time, you do discovery and you, you go show a demo, and then you realize that, hey, you're really just evangelizing right now, right? You're, you're at a startup and you've got a new product or a new, you're in a new market that no one's really that familiar with. So a lot of your first conversations might not be you know, the exact buying process, but you're laying the foundation and you're establishing that relationship, right? So you're setting up, hey, I'm, I'm a person that you can trust. And when you're ready to come back and talk about this and it's become really important to your organization, I'll be here for you. And that's where I think a lot of salespeople do struggle with that, right? How much time should I spend with someone if I'm evangelizing, right? It might have to do with your product or with your marketplace or wherever you are. so. I agree, I think establishing the relationship could be at any time because it could be early, it could be late, but as long as you're doing the right things and setting up that rapport, whether it's here or somewhere else, you're gonna be uh, establishing a foundation with that individual that's gonna help you uh, either today or tomorrow. What a great conversation with Eric about maximizing sales touch points the role of technology in sales and so many other things. Here are some of our key takeaways and insights from the discussion.
1: Okay, Tony, I'm gonna start because the big thing for me is sales is always a team effort. Keeping a winning attitude across the organization is essential if sales teams hope to keep morale high and drive motivation forward on an ongoing basis.
0: Yeah, and I'd say, you know, maximizing touch points in the moment really helps you make the most out of all opportunities available to you as a sales professional. And what I mean by that is don't be afraid to leverage multiple channels from LinkedIn to email or maybe just good old-fashioned networking, right? By leveraging as much data as possible and taking advantage of the buyer's attention while you have it, you'll be maximizing your chances at closing the deal.
1: But let's come back to the theme of the episode because AI and new technologies are changing the game for sales professionals. But as Eric mentioned, nothing's gonna replace real, authentic human connections.
0: See, I think we always have multiple themes to the episode. This was AI with a little bit of cocktails thrown in as well. But I think to maximize your chances at selling, be sure to infuse all your interactions with the human element to really capture the magic of the moment and connect with your buyer
1: and also tony that individual has friends right they they may not be ready for something but now that you have evangelized or you've explained and started to build an impression of yourself to that individual where they're thinking oh you're, you're, you're a good person you, you shared a lot with me i'd already told you there's nothing in it for you right now but you still took the time to uh, to learn about my business and what i'm thinking about or some of my goals and um they're like oh actually you know, I was at a networking event and somebody who does my role mentioned that they have this need and that all of a sudden you've got a referral that you weren't seeking. But because you, you you reached out to that individual at the right, wrong time, early, too late, whatever it is, you just reached out. Right. You started a conversation. You opened up other doors. And I feel like um, we we focus way too much on if I am not in there at the moment that they want to buy something, there's no point. I'm moving on to the next one. That's it.
0: Well, I would really hope they have friends, but if they don't have friends, I'm more than happy to be their friend. And what do friends do? Friends go out and have a cocktail. So I think that just, we had to bring it full circle back to the cocktails. But uh,
1: I, <laughs> I thought you'd speak much more about movies. This We're going to need to talk offline about this.
0: We will have to. I think that, uh, that, that that's something we can have a cocktail over.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Ready, Set, Sell.
0: We hope you took away some valuable lessons and insights that inspire you to reevaluate your approach to sales readiness.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show when you get a minute.
0: And stay tuned for the next episode of Ready, Set, Sell.